All right, Jimmy Palumbo Show, number four. Jimmy Palumbo Show, coming off of the Southern Cross Bands, Lady Killer. That is such a killer song, Lady Killer. She's a soul stealer. I love that song. That's by the Southern Cross Band, New Jersey's uh, uh, finest Southern rock band in the world. And it's my show, and I was doing the song Stay Alive for a couple weeks, and I decided to put on a new opening song. Lady Killer by Southern Cross, which is, of course, Joe and Sonny Pruitt and Gary Ross and Michael Tiny Dykes and JT on the drums. At least that's the version I saw. Uh, there's been many other members of the band in there, but those are the main guys. And a big shout out to uh, Joe, Sonny, Tiny, and, um, and Gary for letting me put that song in. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And plus, we're going to have a new outro song, which is going to be my, by my good friend Matty Barrow. But it's a song called New High and a New Low which is when you go from podcast number one to podcast number two. New high, new low. <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm just kidding. That's a cool tune. So you guys will get a kick out of that on the way out. So here we go. Show number four, Jimmy Palumbo coming to you. Uh, not live from the gorgeous studios here in Matawan, New Jersey, which when you come down to Matawan on a Monday night, not in the summertime, this little stretch of road I'm on is the most depressing place in the world to be on. I, I could drop dead in the middle of the highway there, and nobody would find me till Wednesday. Like, pizzerias aren't open. There's no diners. There's nothing. I, you know, everybody says how crowded New Jersey is, and then I pick a place to do my podcast, and it's like, I feel like, I don't know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm waiting for, you know, uh, <laughs> it's just the most, it's depressing. Um, gas station, no gas stations, nothing. There's no, there's no strip clubs even. Usually you're in a desolate area, you get a strip club. You get nothing down here. Monday nights are not rocking here in Matawan, but we love Matawan. That's where our studios are. I got Chris here. He's behind the glass, even though we don't have a glass. He's right here to help me out produce the show. And, of course, you know, the weather's getting nicer. So, you know it's in the air, everybody. It is uh, baseball. Baseball is in the air. Yankees and Mets are starting out. Major League Baseball. I'm excited about the Yanks. I'm a Yankee fan. Nothing I can do about that. But I'm a baseball fan. I do enjoy baseball. But um, I mean, I'm a Yankee fan, pure and simple. Um, do not like the Red Sox, but that's okay. Um, I love the rivalry. I actually love when the Yankees play the Red Sox. It uh, makes you just want to, you know, each inning is, uh, inning by inning is always crazy and it's a lot of fun. So, but um, of course, uh, softball will be starting up pretty soon. So you can't beat that spring and baseball. There's nothing better. As a matter of fact, on June 2nd um, is in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's actually Lou Gehrig Day. And that's big for my family. My dad was a huge Lou Gehrig fan. And uh, if you really want to watch a cool documentary on my dad and his twin brother, just Google the Palumbo twins um, and you'll see a video. It's a 20 minute video. Woodbridge Township did. Uh, Harry Bernstein produced it uh, about my dad and uncle. They both uh, were identical twins. And my dad had a Lou Gehrig room and my uncle had a Joe DiMaggio room. It was like so many different pictures and they played uh, semi-pro ball in Korea, which I can't wait. That's going to be a topic one day on my uh on one of these podcasts. but um, So there's going to be Lou Gehrig Day, and every player is going to have uh, Lou Gehrig died of ALS, um, and every player is going to have ALS-4 on their uh, sleeve. So I think uh, my family, we're going to try to get tickets uh, at the stadium, but they're only taking like 10000 And somebody told me that tickets are going to be like $500 a piece because no one can get in. Um, I'm going to try to mooch one of my contacts. Uh, to try to get tickets. I'd like to be there in the stadium for 
for uh, uh, for uh, Lou Gehrig Day across Major League Baseball. My dad would have got a huge kick out of that. That would have been a big deal. So here we go. Now we have a very special guest uh, later on. Um, this is the part where the producer says I got to tease it. This guy, um, it, he just has an awesome story. And I read about it, and I said I got to get this guy on. And um, I, uh, it, it just, uh, I, I was able to get him on. And I think his story is incredible. And he's going to be coming up later on. I think you guys get a kick out of that. So another thing that is really wild uh, for tonight, and I'm very proud of this. Um, <laughs> for the first time, I actually got our first like kind of sponsor, official sponsor, who wanted to sponsor the Jimmy Palumbo show. And there's such a great story with this for me is because, number one, uh, the name of the place is called Absolute Eyewear, okay? It's at 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, the number is 732-326-3937. So there, I got the information. It's Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, 732-326-3937, okay? But now, this is the story. First of all, you got to go in there and you got to talk to Craig and Johnine Michaud, all right? Now, here's the deal. Craig was my right center fielder for 22 years playing softball, okay? He was he was the one I played right next to him. I played right field an awful lot. And uh, when he was young and graceful, he was fast, and he's, he's the Italian stallion, and he's a good-looking good looking fella. Um, but eventually he, he dropped so many fly balls, uh, routine fly balls, but he also made great catches. Um, I didn't even know what he did for a living. That's the beautiful thing about softball. I swear to God, I must have played with like 40 guys in 25 years. I can only name like three things what they do for a living. Nobody cares. What you, you could be making a million dollars a day as a lawyer and nobody cares. If you miss a ground ball, you suck. That's how it works. But uh, I eventually found out that Craig and his sister, Johnine, they uh, own this absolute eyewear. And they are, uh, that's where you go to get your glasses. I mean, they're a brother and sister team. And uh, actually, she plays softball, too. And rumor has it that she was actually better than he was in relative to, like, you know, which is great. We used to always say that. Like, your sister's better than you. Shut your mouth. But they're located in Woodbridge. Again, absolute eyewear. They're full service. I mean, full service, optical, prescription eyewear, the sunglasses, the non-prescription sunglasses. They got the safety goggles. They got um, all that stuff, motorcycles, ski helmets, whatever you want to get. You go in there, you order it, they'll get it for you. They got the kid things, the, the uh, contacts, the eye exams. Um, they got all the different brands, too. They got Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, uh, these Maui gym sunglasses, Costa Del Mar. As a matter of fact, I get my glasses from them, but I don't get the, the sunglasses. I get the $3 ones in Walgreens, and I break them. Because every time I get a nice pair of glasses, I break them. But um, they... Uh, they're, they're, they got all kinds of different budgets for every different person. Uh, they got discounts for seniors, AAA, AARP, all that stuff. Um, and uh, they do all that kind of thing. But what they're going to do, um, they're open like five days a week. But what they're going to do is you get $100 off, okay, a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention this podcast, okay? It's got to be a complete pair, which is the frame and lenses, the whole bit, okay? Now, the best part is... I say, I'm going to add something to this. Okay, if you mention the podcast, they're going to give you the, the $100 off, okay? But I, I'm going to add that you have to come in with a photograph of me from the internet. you got to print something out, which I think will be hysterical. Uh, go in there and see Craig and Johnine um, at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge. And what's great is, you know, I kid around. Uh, Craig was a, a good player for us, even though uh, he dropped a lot of fly balls right in front of me. Or more importantly, he caught a fly ball 
that he struck. Like I, I would have caught, you know, like relatively easy. But like when there was a fly ball to him, nobody started heading off the field. Everybody like waited, like wait, wait, wait. Okay, Craig caught it. You know what I mean? Even though it was a routine. But he also made one of the greatest catches uh, of all time. And I always giggle about this. He, um, we, we gave up like 16 runs in an inning. We were getting smoked. It was like the third inning. They put like 17 runs up. We were down like 25 to 2. There was two outs. We had, we had him at two outs for like an hour. They just kept on getting hits. And a fly ball over my head in between us two. And I went back for it, and I was like, damn, I can't get that ball. And out of nowhere, Craig came flying out of nowhere. Okay, like a flying Walenda came. Nobody knows what flying Walenda means, but Google it. He came flying out of nowhere, and he caught the ball. And, like, because we just gotten 17 runs, one of those bad innings, like, <laughs> we come, he gets up, we start walking in, and I just looked at him and said, that was the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. I said, and Craig, no one's going to care because we're down 25 to 2, and we're going to be 10 runs in about five minutes. So, um, but him and his sister, they own Absolute Eyewear. They are the first official sponsor of the Jimmy Palumbo Show, and they're also really good people. You go in there, yeah, listen, you think I know what I'm doing? I go in there, it's like on a Friday I could see, and on Monday I couldn't I couldn't read anymore. So I had to get glasses. They were great for me. Um, I'm constantly bringing them back to get tweaked and all that, and they're always yelling at me and giggling with me. But uh, they're great people. They're in Woodbridge, uh, New Jersey, but they could do things on the phone. They'll send you stuff, whatever you got to do. Um, again, Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, 732-326-3937. Go talk to Greg. Craig and Johnine. My father used to call him Greg. That's so funny. I said, I think I'm going to call him Greg from here on in. So that's it, my first sponsor. So um, that being said, uh, being that uh, I play softball with him, and our guest has a little connection to softball, I guess you could say. Um, I think I want to talk about the, the whole beer league thing. Everybody always, Jersey guys always asking me about beer league. So uh I'll tell you from from my a lot of the stuff I'm going to say is from my point of view. Um, the uh, uh, beer league started out pretty pretty simply as this. Um, Artie, I, I was really best friends with Artie, and I'm also best friends with this guy Mike Ruane. And Artie had just gone on Mad TV, and we decided we should do something together, something creative, you know. And Artie was going to give a few bucks towards it. And my buddy Mike had directed a bunch of infomercials, a bunch of commercials. And uh, so he was ready to go to really put his uh, put his stamp on something. And we were trying to think of ideas. And when you're working with like three creative people, you know, I guess, you're trying to come up with an idea that everyone's excited about. You can't, you know, if you got three guys in a room and like two guys are like, eh, that's all right. And one guy, it doesn't work. It had to be something. So we went around, we were in Artie's uh, apartment in, in L.A., and the air conditioning was on. It was like 10 degrees. Artie, Artie ha keeps air conditioning on in his room. You could hang meat, like fresh brajute hanging. It was so cold that I had to wear like a ski jacket, and his room was 80 degrees outside. So we were sitting there, and uh, we came up with some ideas. We were getting close, and finally I just said, um, I'll never forget, I looked at him and said, what if, why don't we do a short film about what happens 15 minutes before a softball game? Now, Right away, Mike's eyes lit up. Artie's eyes lit up. I knew we had the right idea. Now, to keep in perspective, Mike Ruane was also my second baseman on my softball team for 100 years. And his father 
played with my father on the original Corona team. So it's like, it's all the way through. Now, Artie was also, we were just recently friends with him. So, and Artie played a few games with us. Uh, Artie was more of a baseball player than a softball player, but Artie played a couple games with us. And everybody thinks Artie can't play ball, but he was actually a very good ball player. So they were all like, it was like, that's it, that's it. So we we did this short film called Game Day. And it was it was pure, man, because... We were able to get, I got a few guys from my sketch show live on tape, Tony Menudo and, uh, and Tom Bolster, who are awesome in it. And by the way, you can get this on, if you Google Game Day with Artie Lang, you can get it on Google. Uh, some people say it's, it's as good as Beer League, and uh, it's a different kind of movie than Beer League, but the characters are very, very similar. Um, you know, it's about softball in New Jersey. Um, so we went down to Florida. Uh, Mike Ruane lived down there, and... It was great because we we already wrote the bulk of it, and Mike added some. I added some some sprinkling. We also had I had a couple of really creative guys, uh, John Crevlin, Joe Nelm, some guys I was working with, the big ad guys, and they added some stuff. Um, as a matter of fact, I was even uh, in the beginning. I actually do John Sterling, um, and at first I was doing Jim Carvalis from the Knicks, which you know I was doing over to Ewing, no good rebound, Rodman, or I say he's fouled, that kind of thing. And he said to me, why don't you do it, John Sterling? So uh, we ended up shooting this thing, and it was great. We shot it in two days, and Mike really put his whole heart and soul into it. Um, and uh, it was great because we shot it. We went back home, and Mike just edited it all by himself. Nobody was telling him what to do. He was in, like, a room, and he, he just was like... Uh, uh, and he came back literally, and back then it was cassette tapes. He threw the cassette tapes on the table said popped us in and we all watched it and we were like wow we were blown away we were so excited how good it came and then uh, after a while um you know we were in a couple film festivals we actually uh we won best screenplay for the uh, uh, uh atlantic city film festival which is funny but we were stuck in traffic on the garden state parkway we didn't we didn't get the award can you imagine the academy award is going to go to Jimmy Palumbo, who is stuck in traffic and cannot, which is classic because my whole life I'm stuck in traffic or I'm late anyway. So the fact that we were stuck in traffic is classic. Um, so, yeah, we, we won a couple of, uh, of uh, film, we got into film festivals, which is hard to do. And, um, and what was great about it is the day before we started shooting Game Day, the short, we got together at Mike's apartment and we did a run through of the script with all the cast. And, you know, guys like Tony Minuto and Tom Bolster and Artie, they were, you know, Artie was doing Mad TV and these guys were doing live on tape. So was I. We tightened this puppy up, man. And even Mike will tell you, it was such a beautiful thing to watch these creative guys totally, you know, get it, just get it right. And so the shooting script was awesome. And uh, we shot it and that was it. And then uh, we did the film festival thing. And so then we decided to, we got to make this a, um, a film. And we ended up, um, Artie, uh, Artie and Mike started the, started the writing of it. I helped out a little bit, but uh, they wrote most of it. But we also got, the main writer was this guy named Frank Sebastiano. And uh, he had written a bunch of stuff for Chris Rock and some other shows. And Frank's also a Jersey guy who, um, who worked, also wrote for David Letterman. He wrote for Norm MacDonald at SNL. So he started writing this thing, and we, and we got this script, um, and we called it Beer League. And Beer League was a, a little bit of a different kind of movie than we initially uh, wanted to make. Um, and, uh, and initially, Mike was going to direct it. And we actually got a deal memo from 
uh, Comedy Central. They, they were shooting movies at the time. And so Beer League was going to end up originally on Comedy Central. But uh, Frank wrote it, really, and he decided that he got kind of burned on uh, his Norm MacDonald movie with Artie and that he wanted it to be a rated R movie. And so he... Um, uh, he completely uh, said, listen, I want to direct it. Now, you know, that was in his prerogative. I'm friends with Frank. I'm friends with everybody. But, you know, the thing that sucked is that, you know, my buddy Mike was now kind of, you know, he was he was the director. And now he wasn't. And uh, uh, that was a shame there. Um, and I don't want to go into too much detail about it, but it kind of sucked for my buddy Mike. But um, the good thing about Mike was he said, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was stuck and, and uh, I, I, I didn't know what to do because I had to stay on the train. And Mike said, you stay with it, man. That This is your movie. You need to, you you know, I, I'll be friends with you before and after, so don't worry about it. So so Mike got kind of screwed there um, for sure. And, uh, uh, and Artie, Artie and I weren't really talking that much. He started to, you know, he's, uh, I don't want to say he started to have a drug problem then, but we, we, uh, we I wasn't talking to Artie as much as I should have been, and uh, so anyway, we ended up getting uh, the movie ready, and uh, then we got Ralph Macchio in it. Um, of course, I wasn't able to get Tony Minuto and Tom Bolster in the in the new movie, um, which I was bummed about. But that's showbiz; it's happened to me in other ways. So we started shooting Beer League. We got Ralph Macchio and Artie uh, suddenly out of nowhere got kind of healthy again to shoot the movie right before, which was awesome. And uh, my friend, uh, producer Anthony Mastromaro, he got involved and we started to, we, it was a blast, man. I mean, Seymour Cassell and, um, and uh, uh, Ralph Macho, Artie, me, um, what's his name? Manganelli, Anthony DeSando. Um, we had uh, Cara Buono, who you saw on Sopranos and a bunch of other shows. She was great. She played Artie's girlfriend. And Joe Latrulio, who's on uh, Bronx Nine-Nine, whatever the name of that show is. Uh, Jerry Miner, uh, Seymour Cassell. We had my boy Michael Deej, who is really good friends with Artie and an actor. And, and he was my roommate, too, in New York. So Michael Deej was the Italian stallion over at third base over there. And we got some guest appearances by Lori Metcalf, uh, which was cool. She came in for one day. And we shot some stuff. Elizabeth Regan, of course, played uh, Ralph Macho's wife in it. She was great. Uh, Maddie Corman, uh, who many of you know, she's been in a thousand things. She uh, she played my wife. Frank Pellegrino, the guy who owns Rayos, he was in it. He played uh, uh, Elizabeth's dad in the movie. Um, <laughs> that was pretty wild being next to him. He wasn't all that friendly to me, but hey, what are you going to do? God bless America. Uh, Alex Carrado, big Hoboken guy. Also, you know what was in it? Tina Fey was in the movie without her glasses. And I always tell the story. I booked 30 Rock, and Frank had uh, worked with her at SNL. And I went up to Tina Fey and said, Hey, Tina, how you doing? My name's Jimmy Palumbo. I was in that movie Beer League. You did, and you're friends with Frank. And she goes, Beer League? I got my SAG card because of Beer League. I'm like, what? I guess SNL was after at the time. So she got her SAG card. Literally, when we shot Beer League, like Tina Fey was... On SNL, she was like a writer and Weekend Update or whatever. By the time Beer League came out, Tina Fey was like all over the place. She blew it out. She was like a big star. I'm always laughing at that. But she was sweet. I booked 30 Rock twice. And uh, 
she was there. But when she said, I got my sand card, and the second time I did 30 Rock, I said, I said, oh, you know, hey, it's Jimmy here, Beer League. She goes, got my sand card from Beer League, which I find hysterical. Uh, Louis Lombardi, another guy's been on a million things. He was in the movie. I forget that. Uh, it was so fun to work with these guys. Uh, my friend Mary Birdsong was in it. She had the funniest scenes. She was the waitress at the diner. I, I, I swear to God, I put, I could be, I'm about to just plug myself right now. I put the scene in the diner with Mary Birdsong, me, Artie, Ralph, and Dee, when we, when we, after drinking all night, after a game. I put that scene in up against just that scene against any comedic movie of all time. If you watch that scene now, maybe you have to be from Jersey to get all the stuff we order. But And then Mary Birdsong delivers the punchline so perfectly. Um, uh, it's one of my favorite scenes. Then you got Jim Brewer was in the opening scene. Uh, and we also had um, Brett Ernst now, who's a comedian. He had a couple lines in it, but he's actually big now with Cobra Kai and everything. He plays the... Macho's uh, cousin on there, and he's on another podcast here with the guys who own this joint with Dave. Um, so that was fun. Um, uh, so there was a lot of people in the movie um, that I'm probably forgetting somebody, but if I did, I don't mean I don't mean to. Uh, you know. Plus, we had Kamal from the Jersey Boys. He played one of the umpires, which is so classic. Uh, you know, and uh, my boy Gino uh, Gino Caffarelli, he played one of the guys at the bats. Todd Barry was in it. I forgot about that. He's got a really his character was creepy, creepy guy down the shore, which always made me laugh. Um, so there was just tons of guys. Joe Ganascoli's in it and stuff like that, um, and uh, just a bunch of other guys that we know. They were in the movie, and um, you know, at the time, people don't realize. Um, when we shot the movie, Artie was still on K-Rock, but when the movie came out, uh, he, uh, the Stern Show had switched to Sirius Radio. I actually think that hurt the movie a lot because when you, they were on regular radio, everybody was listening to Howard Stern. And when he first got to uh, Sirius XM, um, not, nobody, it was, the listenership was down, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers, but I will tell you, from, from many millions on K-Rock, to, you know, and all these stations around the country to much less on Sirius. Of course, now it's built up. We're talking, you know, Beer League was 15 years ago. It was a different world. So uh, that hurt us a little bit. And uh, plus the distributor, you know, I think that there, there was some mistake made. But when we shot the thing, it was wild because it was literally, uh, it was the hot, hottest two weeks or three weeks in the summer up until that point ever recorded. It was 100 degrees. We're shooting softball scenes. With no trees, no shade, it was brutal. Uh, and uh, shooting the stuff out there. But what I loved about it most is I never really shot a baseball movie, so I played shortstop in the movie, which my friends on my team think I'm out of my mind because I can never play short. I'm too fat and slow. But uh, I have a couple of stories that to me were very, very funny. Um, first thing is they use different fake softballs to to shoot the scene so you don't really get hurt. And... Some of them are regular softball. You need that for certain scenes. And then some of them were like a softer ball and then a much softer ball. And then literally like a um, uh, uh, complete, uh, it's almost like a Nerf ball, like a puff ball. Lighter than a ping pong kind of deal. So in one of the scenes, I'll never forget it, uh, uh, my boy Deej had to take the ball and throw it. And he hits me in the back. And I, I curse at him for hitting me, right? So we first did the scene, since I knew it was going to be a, a not real, I forgot to act. So he whips this ball, 
that doesn't hurt me, hits me in the neck, and I react like nothing. I say the line. So Frank, the director, is like, Jimmy, what are you doing? You just got hit in the neck by soul. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot. It's a fake ball, you know. So then we did it, and uh, I, you know, I, uh, I uh, think I did the scene okay after that. But then we had to hit ground ball. They had to do ground balls. And what they do is a guy sits like 15 feet away from you, a foot away from the cameras. You can't see him. And in the scene, it looks like a guy's hitting a ground ball, but he just rolls them perfectly right to you, to your left or to your right, depending on what the director wants. But uh, I kept on catching them all because, you know, no one told me not to. And they were like, he wasn't throwing them all that hard. And I guess Frank didn't, he's like harder, harder. And every time the guy flicked them harder and harder, I was just catching the whole thing. And then Frank, the director, they, they the scene uh, was, uh, you know, he said, uh, action. He comes behind, and he grabs a softball, and he starts whipping them at me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I didn't catch any of them, you know? So that's what they were looking for. There's a couple scenes you see me uh, acting drunk and the ball's flying all over. Um, plus the play with Ralph Macchio, um, you know, uh, Ralph, you could tell, has played some some baseball, but he's not. He was He's not a ball player, you know. But he, he held his own, um, and he was fun to work with because my trailer was next to him. Uh, and in the beginning, you know, he's the karate kid, man. I mean, like, these are icons, you know. Like, uh, you know, when you're working with someone that won't, when they die, they're going to ha they're gonna have a full photo at the Academy Awards and hold for a little bit with the somber music. I mean, you know, this is an ice the karate kid. This is like, you know, I mean, you got Rocky, the karate kid. These are American icons. Everybody knows the karate kid. And in the beginning, I was like, you know, it's kind of like shy around him. I don't want to bust his chops, you know. And he wasn't a ball breaker the way me, Deej, and Artie could be, you know. But after a while, you just start BSing with him. And, uh, uh, you know, um, it, uh, it, we, he was very nice. He explained all about his career and um, how he was, uh, he always looked younger. You know, he was 22, looking 18. He was 18, looked 15. And, he was. I was asking him like, "Oh, did you think it would all stop, go away, blah blah blah?" How did it, you know? And then he was saying stuff like, "Look, I did a lot of movies and made a lot of money. A lot of movies that ended up bombing, and you know, I made money from them. It just didn't work out. They could have been all hits and blah blah blah." Um, so it was really fun. Then he was talking about different movies that he was up for that they chose the other person. And they were like big movies uh, uh, and stuff like that. So I found it really fascinating to talk to an icon. Um, and then he also, you know, he was married the whole time. He, he got married early and he had a family, he stayed in Long Island. He raised his kids and, um, he, I was, he was kind enough to invite me to his house in Montauk that following summer. And it was beautiful, beautiful house in Montauk. And he's a Long Island guy and he could not have been nicer. Um, and he did a very, he, uh, he sent my daughter a sweet note, uh, on her birthday this year. So, uh. And uh, I think I'm going to be trying to get Ralph Macho to come on this thing. Maybe maybe I'll get him next week. I don't know. But um, the uh, so the movie, you know, of course, the way the movie came out, it was an odd thing. That it only it, it opened up in four cities, and uh, it was only in the movies for like two weeks. The producer, the, the distributors, only wanted it. Uh, they really wanted it for DVD purposes. And uh, at the premiere, it was cool because Howard Stern sat right in front of me, and. Uh, he got a kick out of it. I know Howard liked the movie a lot. And he actually said on the air nice things about me, which is cool. Um, I wasn't even a big Howard Stern listener. Uh, even though Artie was on, I, I listened to it as much, you know, a lot. But not, not like, I wasn't like a Stern fan, you know what I mean? Uh, and just to hear Howard Stern said, eh, and your buddy Jimmy was pretty good. The guy played Johnny Trino, so I thought that was cool. Um, 
But the movie got pulled from the theaters. Uh, I ended up they wanted to just get it on DVD, and then it became a, a cult, uh, um, a cult situation. Um, people, uh, people just really started to love it. Like, and I didn't think, you know, because it wasn't really in the movie theaters all nationwide, but on DVD and then on Amazon. And the DVD sales were, and then got to remember, as the DVD came out, Howard Stern got started to get more and more on Sirius XM, and next thing you know, uh, people were checking out the DVD, and Artie was talking about it on during his stand-up, and Artie got really, it started to get really big with stand-up then. And so, beer league, beer league, beer league, I started to open up for Artie. When I used to open up for Artie, I got, um, uh, uh, I used to get almost booed off like everybody did. But the fact that I was in beer league, they were you could almost see the audience. The audience was like, okay, who's this jerk off? But he played Johnny Trino in beer league, so we're going to give him a little love. So right about, they gave you about five minutes of love. And right about the five-minute mark, you can see he's like, all right, we, I paid $60 to the audience, get this, get this clown off. Yeah, they didn't care at the time. They were younger, too. And so I never got booed off, but I came close to getting booed off. But uh, I... Uh, uh, so that was that. So, but the movie became a cult hit, and then I get recognized for it, uh, you know, a, a, an awful lot. And uh, it's a, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the way it turned out. There's some funny scenes in it, um, you know. Uh, it, uh, it's funny. I did the movie The Family with De Niro, and on, on like Rotten Tomatoes, Beerly got better reviews than that movie did. It's like what is, you know, Beerly got like a star and a half, and and Family was getting like a star and a half, two stars. I'm like, that's awful. What is, that's crazy. But I guess, you know, those Rotten Tomato things, nobody knows uh, uh, where they get the reviews from. But there's a lot of funny scenes in Beer League. and Plus, um, in the movie, I bat 706 in the movie. And uh, a lot of people always say, oh, you're the guy who bat. They always get the batting average wrong, but I tell them 706. And for years, whenever I did a show with Artie or someone, I had to sign something. I always sign it, dot 706. And people think it's a religious thing. They're like, oh, is that a religious thing? I'm like, no. And I won't tell them what it is. Uh, when I bartend occasionally, I'll I'll sign something, and uh, uh, they'll be like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Ask ask around, figure it out. If you figure out what it means, come in. I'll give you a free drink." And a couple weeks later, a guy was like, "That was your bad average. Give me a free beer." I'm like, "All right, you get the free beer, you know." So uh, uh, I, I have a lot of fun with that. Plus, another great story that the opening it was such a low budget thing. Uh, my buddy, God rest his soul, Warren Ivanko. I got to give Warren Ivanko a big shout out. Um, he passed away a couple years ago and I was devastated by that. He was like, Jimmy, what are we doing for the premiere? Like, I'm like, no, no, I'm going. And you know, my hotel was two blocks away from the, I think it was at the, uh, uh, I forget what theater it was at that big one that just closed. And, um, so, uh, he goes, you know, you got to get a limo. I'm like, no, we're just going to walk over. He's like, no, no. He made a few phone calls. Next thing you know, I had two limos, one for me and my parents, one for my sister, um, and he just did it right, man. He he, he also gave me a check. He gave me like $3,000. And I gave my buddy Rick Chesky, giving him a shout out. I gave him $3,000. And Rick probably only got me $10 worth of, uh, worth of stuff. No, Rick did me right. Rick ordered like, made like beer league t-shirts, hats. I went to a Rutgers game, a giant game that weekend. I'm passing out stuff. Um, I got koozies. Uh, he got me con beer league condoms. My father saw me; he was pissed. He goes, "Hey, I don't want that coming to the house," you know. Yeah, we we got all that, and all that was because of Warren Vanko. And uh, uh, the uh, I always give him credit for that because he he got we had I got more paraphernalia from him than I did even from you know the distributor or the studio, whatever it is. 
And I uh, haven't paid. I, I got my last residual check from Beer League was probably six years ago. And that thing is still on Amazon and Netflix and all that. So someone's making money. And it doesn't go to the cast. So I actually got uh, an inquiry at SAG to try to get the cast uh, their money. Because someone's making money somewhere. So, But it takes uh, absolutely years for that to come in. But um, And, of course, Seymour Cassell, God rest his soul, he passed away. And he was great in it, playing the old crotchety man. Um, he's got a couple of really funny, harsh lines in the movie that a lot of fans like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the premiere was fun. You know, uh, the crowd went nuts. Um, but uh, we were... We always want to do a beer league, too. Uh, I got one idea. I'd love to do it as a series. We... We tried dabbling in the animation thing. We even had so a cartoon artist draw up what we'd look like in cartoons and stuff, which is so funny to see myself in a cartoon. But I think it would have been a great idea. Then already already got kind of sick there, and uh, so um, you know that kind of for now anyway. There's no there's no beer league two on the horizon. But I still hope and pray once Artie decides to make his comeback, and he will. Artie will make his comeback. Um, Maybe somehow we could do like Beer League 2 the, or maybe animated show or some kind of Netflix show, like a Cobra Kai version of Beer League. But no, we don't have a karate kid in our, you know, we'll get Ralph back. Ralph probably won't even do it now. I'll have to get like some other 70s star to do it. Uh, you know, somebody from the Partridge family or something like that. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I never want to say never. I'd love to do it. Um, I don't think Frank Sebastiano wants anything to do with it, kind of part two, but... Who knows? You know, we we all get older, and we'll be like the old men, the fifty and over league, still playing softball. There's all kinds of new material. Maybe all the characters could be married, divorced, million kids running around. We'll make it a different kind of movie, but still ball breaking, which is really what it's all about. But um, I have a ton ton of more stories for beer league, but you're gonna hear them over the course of this podcast. Uh, not this week, but upcoming weeks, and um, I, I'll always have a, a a line or two from. From, uh, from Beer League or a story that happened. And uh, that's it. And we'll be right back after the break. You know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specialing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit them on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. Hey guys, Sturch here from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sunflower Meadow Seasoning. First of all, a guy my size likes flavor on his food, and there's nobody other than Jess that I go to for that. Her flavors range from French onion, BLT, Cajun country, so much more. They got dip blends, season shakers, smoothie mixes. Not even kidding, I've added some of their smoothie mixes to my post-workout protein shakes, and my goodness, what a difference. Get on over to sunflowermeadowseasoning.com for their entire list of products. Tell them Chop Sports sent you. All right, everybody. It's time for our guest of the evening. And for this, this is a this is a special one for me. I think the best part is that uh, some people know who this guy is. And uh, he's been in the news uh, lately um, in the New York Post and some other places. And um, the reason why I'm fascinated about this guy is because, you know, for years, I was always dying to play softball. And this guy actually almost died playing softball. Um, 
he was in a situation that I've actually been close to a few times, and I'll get into that in a second. But I would like to introduce my guest for this evening. His name is Robert Annunziato. Robert, how you doing? How you doing, Jimmy? Hey, what's Thank happening? You very much. Ah, man, you know. Living, living every day, like, you know, like you never know. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to fill you in a little bit on uh, Robert, and then I'm going to ask him some questions. Basically what happened is he's a, he's a Staten Island guy, plays softball in like, you know, spring, winter, and fall, one of those guys, you know, one of those guys that we call creepy as you get older, but he was still doing that. And basically he was playing center field, and there was a, uh, you know, uh, kind of a fly ball line drive in between the center fielder and the, and the left fielder. And Robert here decided to go for it, had a good beat on it, you know. Ricky's got a beat on it, and he dove for it. And the left fielder's knee, he was trying to get over him. The left fielder's knee uh, just basically smashed into his skull, um, pretty much dropped him right on the spot. And uh, to the point where his skull is face his everything was crushed skull pieces all over the place um and uh well i just set that up so now robert let me ask you uh, so what happens from there uh, from from what i was told I, um, <laughs> uh, ambulances came he was screaming you know very loud his knee had blown up here from from what they all told me um i was running he was running we were close to playing together at a different field that we both got to the ball at the same time and i dove for it i was midair he tried to jump over that's when he hit my everything he passed except his knee that hit me. I'm out cold. He's screaming. They called the ambulances. Luckily, I was on top of from the moment it happened. You want to say luck? Well, my second baseman. So I happened to play in co-ed. So forget about okay. even regular softball. It was co-ed softball. All right. And this happened. Which means you're not and that my, good. Which means you're not that yeah, good. But yeah, go on. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's why when I was hitting four for four, I, you know, and maybe it'd be once for four. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my second, my second baseman happened to be. She's a nurse. Oh wow! She's a female, and she ran out directly and started taking care of me right away, um, trying to help me when the ambulances before the ambulances came. They, she said, "Call an ambulance right away." The ambulances came. The field we were playing on happened to be four blocks away instead of about you know uh, two miles, three miles away. So you were <laughs> Which, right there. Again, oh man! Yes, yes. Um, they got me in. They intubated me, and then they brought me right up to surgery. So you, you never, you were out cold. You never woke up out on the cold. Out cold. I don't know a thing. I don't remember. I actually wish so, and, you know, we can get to that whenever you, was, was when I first remember anything from, you know, that day I remember some stuff before it. I asked them, hey, I know I never missed a diving catch. Did I catch that one? And they all looked and turned their heads, <laughs> especially considering what happened to me. Well, it nipped off your glove, but we didn't say that. We didn't say that. <laughs> so you didn't make the catch. All that now. First of all, yeah. of course, I'm sure a lot of guys on your team were worried about how your other buddy's knee yeah. was, so he gets yes. to limp around for the holidays, and you're out cold. Um, was he okay? Was his knee okay? Yes, he ended up having to get you know um, the, uh, not a massive surgery here, but he tore his ligaments. Uh, oh, that's wow. how hard. I mean, we were supposedly clocked at around eighteen miles an hour. He was, and I was running as fast as I guess I ever did, maybe close to fifteen miles an hour. So it was fast and a lot of that's a lot incredible. of power from the knee. 
Yeah. That's incredible. Um, did you, um, so you get to the hospital, they got to shove the tube down your throat. And, um, when did your family get there? Was it like touch and go for a while or what? How close are you aware of My grandfather was the first one there. Um, that's, that's like my dad He's my best friend. Okay. Um, he was, he's, he's everything to me. He was the best man. Uh, when we got, when I got married. Okay. Um, and, uh, he was the first one there. Um, my wife had called her friend. That's a nurse. They made phone calls and she said, get there right away. Um, from what, uh, from the press conference the other day, even more, I got to learn. I didn't get to talk to my doctor as much as other people. Sure. But, uh, well, you were, she, your, your yeah. skull was in 30 pieces. <laughs> yes. Yes. She had said, um, some people have trouble having there. five beers and they can't function. You had your skull <laughs> in pieses. Yes. Believe me, give me four or five, six scotches and that'll be the same situation. Um, but she had said that right away, uh, my neurology started dropping. I became paralyzed the whole right side. I couldn't oh, speak. Um, she rushed me. They, I, the first thing basically after the, you know, the x-ray, the CAT scans, I guess they, then they sent me directly right to the emergency room. It was an hour and 32 minutes from the moment that the knee hit my skull, which Anything, and I've asked this, and I've looked into it. Anything under two hours is is okay, you know. At oh, least for man. the best case, anything over two hours, eighty percent don't make it. Wow, that's ing- I keep on saying wow, but that this is a wow yes. kind of thing. Um, it is. So now I I read that that, that, that you had twenty screws put <laughs> in your skull. Yeah. So so um, my my mother tells me, and I'm a mama's boy no matter what i'd be so 100 so years old if my mother's still alive you know she'll always be a mama's boy Italian, i should have right? had your mother on <laughs> much <laughs> different story the, yeah yeah you're 100 right uh, the doctor came out and she said um you know this is just as similar to a 100 mile an hour car accident um she said um i have three options one depending on you know what goes on i may have to come back in a second time Two, I'll put one plate that covers the entire, you know, cracked skull. Well, it was shattered skull. Or she goes, three, if I'm lucky, I get to put it together like a puzzle. Well, and I will tell you this right now. Everything that you hear, I was was a miracle. And I'm lucky God flat out gave me a miracle because every single thing worked out. Top. So she put it together like a puzzle. Um, they took it actually all the pieces that shattered. I found this out actually last week. Out. So it's like this. You had your Johnny, skull gonna, outside your body. Well, any of the yeah, pieces? So any of the pieces left on the field? Because I'd be aggravated if I was playing center field going for a ball, and I slipped on somebody's skull. You know what I mean? I could see that dude. The guy's skull is there. I slipped on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's funny. It's like if I was building a puzzle. Right. And I said, okay, here's 10 pieces. Go put it together. That's kind of what she had to also do. She did outside and then she put, I have eight mini plates and then 20 titanium screws, all of it. And then she put that back in my head and she glued it in. Um, That's incredible. So when you, so they did all that. Now you had, how long, how many days between when you, when you, the knee hit and when you, when you awoke? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not, they tried after the first three days cause the pressure. So before surgery, the amount of pressure. So I had a, not just a hematoma, I had a, it's called a subdor acute subdural hematoma, which basically because of the strength, my brain moved all the way to the right side of my head. So okay. they spit from that perspective, they actually had a monitor in my head monitoring the, the, the pressure. 
from what I was told even the other day, I look like the ego, like a Lego man, okay. like a big, big head like that of the amount of pressure in there. Um, so I actually was out cold. They kept on trying sometimes to wake me up lower the uh, peripheral that they had me on. And I woke up the day before Thanksgiving. So it happened November 10th. I woke up November 27th at night. The day so before you were, you were in a, like a coma for 17 days. Yes. And I still don't remember either after I, that, or cause if you, uh, there was in that article, my father news, um, I have a video of my father and my mother talking to me. And I actually couldn't talk back because I was still speechless because I was okay. paralyzed on that side, and I just was winking my eyes. Now, when at you, that point, when you finally I woke up um, and your softball yeah. friends told you you dropped the ball, which is great, by the way, <laughs> I would have been the same. That's way. the first day. So you asked me the date. So December, December twenty seventh. I mean, sorry, November twenty seventh. I wake, I wake up. I don't remember anything. The first day I remember anything from the accident was. Um, December 2nd was my first baseman, my pitcher and the, and the girl that actually plays right field next to me that we kind of, we run the outfield, um, the three of them. And that's who I had asked. And that's the first day I remember even, you know, anything as far as then I started remembering little by little from that day on. And I asked them and they were all, all turn that head cause they didn't want to tell me. So, so they tell you, so you're, you're 40 years old. Um, you got two kids. You live in Staten Island. You work in IT. Um, you you originally uh, you didn't start. You play a little. Uh, you played. You said you played softball in high school or baseball. No. So um, when I went to, I played. I was in lacrosse and I played basketball. So my mom was in a real estate, yeah, real estate, and they did uh, on hardtop. And my father and I played okay. with them, you know, in high school just to play. That was the first time I ever played softball from my baseball as a younger. Person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, you're, you're up and you're, you're, you can speak a little bit. What, I mean, Correct. this sounds funny. Did, did you, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously you had a headache, I'm sure, but what did they, were you, were you speaking like a slurred? Was it, was it like yes. a stroke kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's what they told, you know, and I can see it. It's funny. I actually have another video that my father sent to me and he told me and he said, he goes, Listen, he goes, my son, he's talking to me and goes, my son wants to pay $10,000 to get you out of here. I said, okay. And so he's basically talking. I said, you tell him, do you understand everything? Do you understand exactly what we have to do? And, uh, and to me, it just made me feel like I started <laughs> to come back to the old person that I was when I saw that. And I still okay. you know, get emotional from it. But sure. yeah, that's kind of what, what I was doing, I was slurring. I still wasn't walking. They put me in a wheelchair, you know, just to move right. me around a little bit. But I was, I was up. How was long did you, uh, when you left the hospital, were you able to walk? So, um, this is what, so on December. How does 10th, it affect your legs? I guess your brain just is all screwed the up. The brain decides. And that's the crazy thing. Yeah, Jimmy, it, it's crazy, right? Like the brain decided, obviously the neurology and then what? You could all of a sudden not walk not talk, not this. And then all of a sudden what can come back, the brain decides everything. Now, and, uh, uh, what, yeah. in, what inning did this happen? This happened first inning, third game. Oh. So we played best out of three. We lost the first game, won the second game. All right, right. First, just saying like, were you, were you having game. a good day at the plate or was it, uh, were you, were you 0 for 1? Did that at bat get officially scratched from the uh, ledger there or what? 
<laughs> yeah, man. Uh, uh, please. I actually flipped out at the uh, at the uh, referees, you know, the umpires. I said, why are we playing here? Why are we playing in this field? Because there was an uh, actual uh, goalpost all the way deep in the outfield. And I said, if I hit my head on this, I said, you guys, I'm going to get you. Oh, wow. And then what happened? And you hit your buddy's knee. I didn't hit my head on that. Wow. So now, so let, let me ask you this. So you, you, you get yeah. home. Um, you know, it looks yeah, like it, so you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. So, um, December 10th, I actually moved from the hospital. I moved to JFK hospital where Tracy Morgan was. Okay. I actually was in the same room with the same doctor. That's um, in uh, Edison, which is next down yes. over from where I grew up. So I know JFK hospital very well. Yes. Um, they moved me in. They had me scheduled for six weeks, um, initially cause they signed you out. Um, okay. uh, basically on day two, they started feeding me regular food. I got, they took one of the bottles away and I actually, uh, I had a little kids Wendy's and I decided to get that gas. Um, and that went on for about 16 hours. And I remember calling my nurse and just telling her, Elsa, come here. I said, do me a favor. Could you fix this stomach, please? <laughs> she said, I'm not a doctor. And I said, you know, I think it's, I think it's done. It's okay. You can let me go. She said, nah, come on, get back in bed. And I told her the exact thing one more time. She was hysterical laughing when I told her that she could fix my stomach. Right. And uh, long story short, she, she jumped and she goes, okay, yeah, get in bed. Don't worry. We'll call the doctors come in. And they had tried to make me already go to the bathroom. I was just in massive gas pain. Right. And right. then this is where everything changed. I, I, uh, for six more hours was in it. And then all of a sudden my body got just, very comfortable, no gas, pains, nothing. And I looked okay. up and I talked to my grandmother and my father-in-law and I just said, you know, screw this. Graham, please, please get me back to the person I was, the genius. I said, father-in-law, please make sure you look out for my wife and my kids. And oh, I fell nice. asleep. I woke up six hours later. They came in, they tested me and my brain was back to 105%. Uh, I started uh, physical therapy that day. Um, they worked on me and then they told me the day before they said, I don't know how to tell you, but we've never, ever signed someone out from what they told me. They can't publish this. They told me you know, on the side, we never really ever let someone out 19 days, less than that. You're going out in 14 and it's Christmas day. That's, that's what I, at least I can remember. So and your memory no out there, take it as I said that it, it sounds like uh, your memory's pretty good now. Do, what any, yes. uh, Long-term residual effects, or uh... you know, Jimmy, I, I, I I'm I, you, you're a Yankee fan, right? I am a Met fan. Oh, you're a Met, Met fan. So, like, fan. if I asked you who Mike Piazza is, you would know that. Yeah, yeah, I remember right. what, what Mike the catcher went out of. A, remember that bat with the Yankees? Problem? Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. I mean, and you, and, but now before yeah. before you got hurt, you. You didn't think Mike Piazza was gay, but now you do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's a strong possibility. There's we can't use that, can we? You know, he's not. He's we not we have to edit not, that. You know, in the spotlight anymore. All so. right. Let's start. Let's start up again. Um, so, uh, wow, this to me is incredible. I mean, I played softball. Um, one time, I collided with a guy. Um, uh, this kid Rob on our softball team, and he was a little short guy, built like a fire hydrant, and I was coming for a ball, and I hit him, and I, I remember I must I hit him flush, uh, like my whole like gut kind of hit him, but I hit him hard, and I almost like lost my breath, and I was like, oh my god, I I never got near another player again in the outfield, 
Um, so I can only imagine, you know, colliding with someone's knee. So residual effects seem pretty good. You, um, uh, physically now I'm told you're playing a little basketball. Is that true? Um, no, I'm playing bowling. I bowl. You're bowling. All right. So not basketball. I always bowled. I played basketball with my son fooling around, um, but I can't really play a game. God forbid if anything hits me in the head. So, uh, just make sure you don't let go of the, uh, the bowling ball hits you in the head. So don't bowl, exactly. don't bowl with me. It's actually funny. My doctor asked me, you know, what sports just run by her to make sure that it's not physical because if I hit my head. Would you? But, so you really can't play softball anymore. It would just be insane. No. No, actually, I actually. It's what about playing a little? I was thinking it. What about playing first base? My first baseman never touched the ball for years, so, you know. I, I hear you. You know what? I can always say, hey, put me in right field man, if I really wanted to play. But, nah, you know, <laughs> well, you it could, is what it is. Yeah, plus you're playing a co-ed league. So, I mean, yeah. listen, I, to me, if you can't play in a co-ed league, then your injury is very, very serious. I mean, you know, as it is, 100%. You, you know, you got to be able to leave. So what, what, kind of, what kind of hitter were you, a power hitter? Uh, yeah, actually, I usually batted fourth from uh, the start. Center um, fielder? I changed to when I got a little older to third because then I started getting on base, and then I could go in and relax after they hit me in. All right, so center fielder, batting fourth. You were like Mickey Mantle over there. That's nice. Um, wow, that's just incredible. I, I, when, I, when I read about it, I said, you know what? I got to get this guy. I got to get this guy. Uh, you know, they call you Nunzi, which is awesome, and your number's 14, which is my cousin Joey always wore number 14, so that's the Lupinella thing going on there. But um, I read the article, and I saw the photo with your skull with the big scar there and then the picture of the skull. And I said, and then it was all about softball. And I said, I got to have this guy on, you know. <laughs> I'm like the biggest softball guy around, you know, in the movie Beer League. Now, I understand you're a fan of the movie Beer League. Yes. Oh, it's awesome. I even watch it again, even though I watch it all the time. For me <laughs> and, and the guys I forced on the team to make sure that they knew. Because, again, you know, as teammates, you don't really kind of, necessarily want to put people down you always want to win but at the same time come on yeah, do a lot of ball breaking. we're gonna bust each other's balls of course so i guess as soon as the knee hit your head the last thing you probably thought of is oh my god i'm so hurt in three months i'm going to be interviewed by johnny trino from beer league <laughs> that's right that's right man uh, i hate to tell I, you i i actually did the surgery on you i don't know i was there at the hospital and I was instructing the doctor how to do the surgery to get you back on the field, and I failed because now all you're doing is bowling, so uh, which is not really <laughs> I a sport. Can't thank you enough because you know what I, I understand that you're center fielder. I know he hasn't shown up the last couple of weeks, and you've been running out there. And you can't play two <laughs> positions. You can't play short and that. I know you're amazing, but you know. uh, my my I believe me. In the last few years, I'm nothing but a DH. Well, listen, uh, Robert, I'm, I'm glad I had you on the show. Tell all your friends, your softball guys, I said hello. And I um, uh, just appreciate you coming on. I'm glad you're healthy. I think your story is incredible. Um, the fact that you had all, you know, you got your skull exploded on a softball field and you didn't die. That's incredible. I hope someday you can uh, manage your kids in Little League and maybe, you know, keep the book in softball or something. And uh, maybe I'll come down to Staten Island and visit you down at the ball field one day. All right. Please, I can't say thank you enough, and I appreciate everything you're doing. Keep up that, uh, these wonderful, wonderful podcasts. They're great. And last thing I'd just like to say, everyone, hey, remember, Worry about today and tomorrow because you never know. You never know. There you go. You got it, man. All right, everybody. Robert Annunziato, softball survivor from tragedy 
to center fielder to bowling with 20 titanium screws on his head. Unbelievable. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Health and Fitness Professionals is your one-stop shop for all things sports medicine. They now have four locations in Woodbridge, Scotch Plains, South Plainfield, and Freehold, New Jersey. They're now offering physical therapy, occupational therapy, pain management, chiropractic services, acupuncture, cryotherapy, you name it, they do it. I can't say enough about their chiropractors on site. I get adjusted literally three times a week to get my old 35-year-old self feeling as best as possible. Contact them today. Check out their website, www.hfrehab.com for more info. Hey guys, it's Sturge from the Chop Sports Podcast. I'm here to talk to you about LVC Transport. I recently just had to help a family member move after living in the same house for over 20 years. You know what that means. That's a lot of stuff. So I called my buddy Chris over at LVC Transport. He hooked it up with a massive dumpster. Huge discount. Now, he's looking to help out every member of Chop Sports. Call him today. Drop the name Chop Sports, and he's going to take 10% off the top right away. Just say Chop Sports, and he's taking 10% off the top. Get your free estimate today. Give him a call, 908-705-3006. That was unbelievable. Uh, Robert Annunziato, softball man, Staten Island, getting his skull crushed during a game. And he came on the Jimmy Palumbo show to talk about it, which is incredible. Um, I just think that story was, uh, you know, inspiring and also blown away and plus I could ball break with him because it's softball and I'm glad he's doing all right Uh, I'm glad he's back at work and he's playing he's bowling now and he can pick up his kids and hug his kids that's just awesome um and I of course I I gotta thank our first sponsor uh it's incredible uh absolute eyewear in Woodbridge New Jersey 732-326-3937 the guy get the phone number out right gotta call Craig and Johnine. Uh, that's Johnine, J-A-H-N-I-N-E. Uh, call those guys up. Um, they, they do everything with glasses. You need prescriptions, sunglasses. They, they measure you. They fit your head. They let you know if you look like a jerk-off. They make you know, they let you know if you can get laid in these. Of course, I get glasses. I don't get laid. But um, they, uh, and plus, he's my right center fielder. And uh, I think that's important. I think it's important that you know when you're getting your eyeglasses done. That the guy played right center field next to Jimmy Palumbo. I mean, that could, that's got to give you a little assurance that this guy can, you know, he knows what he's doing. Plus, they've both been doing it for like 35 years, and uh, so they really know what they're doing. But remember, you do get $100 off a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention the Jimmy Palumbo show. But I took it one step further saying you got to print something out like a headshot of mine. I just want to see headshots of my name all over the store busting his balls and people come in there and get that. But Absolute Eyewear, our first official sponsor here at the Jimmy Palumbo show. And I promised them I would do a little, um, you know, eventually I'm going to be doing ads for them as John Sterling. I mean, you know, look at some of the scores. You got Raymond, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette. Ah, Thank you, Michael Kors. Um, anyway, maybe I'll do it as Bob Shepard, Ray-Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Vogue, Maui Jim Sunglasses, and Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. Absolute eyewear. Craig and Janine. <laughs> How many people are doing an ad in Bob Shepard in a live read? Come on now. Now, you got to go to Absolute Eyewear. You know what? You got to go down there and say, hey, I heard about your shop from Jimmy Palumbo. 
All right, listen, it was a great show. Now we're going to head out uh, with the outro. We changed it up uh, with my boy, Matty Barrow. A new high and a new low. You can check his stuff out. Again, you got to go online and try to find his stuff. It's a cool tune. And I will see you guys next week with a very, very special guest. Peace out.